Welcome back to the Read the Roster podcast. I'm Ross. And I'm Reed. And after a little bit of a break, we're back. We're actually going to try something new today uh, through some advice of our listeners, some of our family members, and kind of talking in between each other. Four episodes has been a little bit of a daunting task for us and for people trying to listen to the show. So as far as the recaps go, 90% of the time you guys are watching these games. You already know what happens. Even if you don't, you're able to kind of look it up on your own and kind of work off what we had interpreted and kind of have your own opinions uh, from our review or previews, excuse me. So what we're going to do is just kind of combine it all into one. So from here on out, we're just going to have one NFL episode, one college episode. They will be a tad bit longer than what they have been the last couple of episodes, kind of closer to that hour mark. But with just the one episode, it's easier just to kind of digest everything, allows it to be chunked up a little bit easier. We'll kind of recap the big news from the games, the big games, any upsets, the weird stuff kind of at the beginning. We'll give our thoughts and then we'll start the previews and then just kind of work on from there. Like I said, we both just think it'll kind of mesh a little better. And hopefully going forward, this just makes it easier on everybody just to kind of keep everything in one spot. Figuring out how we're going to do this has honestly kind of been something that we've been trying to figure out since we started. I I think since the first episode when we thought what we were going to do, we've gone back and forth about it, like you said, with our family members and between us and stuff like that of what we're really going to do. And we kind of just let it go for a little bit. But when we got together this past weekend, we kind of just figured that four episodes is a little bit too much for y'all to listen to. I mean, that's four 30 minute plus episodes. So that's a lot. And like we said, the point brought up was you're kind of watching the games, you know what happened. There's not really much else to go off of. We can sit here and do it, but, I don't know how much good it'd be doing, so we just figured two episodes would probably be out, be out the right amount of time and right amount of episodes coming out per week on, what, Mondays and Wednesdays or something like that. Yeah, we will stick to the Monday-Wednesday thing. We are going to do college on Monday, NFL on Wednesday. My thing, too, is just from talking to a couple of my friends and other people that listen to the show, I can't tell you how many times they would bring up, like, oh man, I didn't even realize y'all were that far yet. And I can completely understand that. It's hard to listen to a long show, let alone for a week. So we'll cut that in half. Like I said, they'll probably be just a little bit longer than what they have been previously. But I feel like that'll be easy for everybody going forward and easier on us. We've got busy schedules. You know, I'm a full-time, I'm at a full-time job, reads in school and working, you know, a job on the side. So just kind of makes everything easier. And with our schedules constantly changing, I feel like just going forward, easier on everybody. So you can obviously find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Please check out our Anchor website with the links we post on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Just search Read the Roster on either Facebook or Twitter, and you'll be able to find the page. Please share the show with all of your friends, family, anyone who loves football, wants to talk football, wants to learn more about football. Reed and I will be sharing our opinions throughout the season, and we do plan on continuing this for the offseason with all the highlights, uh, storylines, everything in between. Uh, Please review the show. 
it helps us a whole lot helps us reach new viewers listeners excuse me and uh if you can please set reminders of when the show comes out like i said now that we are going to be doing this new uh format with the show uh we should be able to stay on a pretty consistent schedule and then if there are any kind of hiccups going forward we will put something out on the facebook and twitter page just to keep everybody updated but if you're able to set any kind of reminder or notification on your podcast app of choice or even just on your phone, it would be greatly appreciated. And we really appreciate everybody listening to the show. It means the world to us. So with that being said, we're just going to kind of hit the the highlights from the previous weekend. And the first one we wanted to talk about was the Chiefs Colts. You know, obviously the Colts kind of start off on the rough note with the tie um, against the Texans and then the loss to the Jags. The Jags have just had their number, and I think after a couple of weeks, we kind of view the Jags a little bit differently than what we did to start the season. But nonetheless, this is a very good Chiefs football team. And if you're a Colts fan, you got to be thrilled with this win. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. They still looked pretty rough. I think the defense stepped up in a huge way after having a pretty rough couple of weeks to start the season. My only thing is, yes, this is a win, but you still got to be kind of concerned with how Matt Ryan is doing so far. I don't know if that's necessarily because Michael Pittman's not out there, but Matt Ryan not able to get going has really allowed defenses to kind of key in on Jonathan Taylor, and I feel like that's hurting the offense in general. But the defense still doing pretty good. Yeah, it was really surprising to see the Colts get the win in this one, like you said, after the loss and the tie to one pretty subpar football team and one team that's kind of coming into their own, but – when you go into a game with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Travis Kelsey at tight end, and I know the receivers aren't the best, but with a guy like that, they've proven that they can step up and make the plays. You never want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And like you said, with the way Matt Ryan has been playing this year with no Michael Pittman, honestly baffled that they won. I thought the Chiefs were going to run away with this one because, yes, this Colts defense is pretty good, but there's only so much you can do when your offense struggles like that. And Jonathan Taylor being such a focal point and such a absolute animal in the league, it's hard to get him going when defenses are keying in, out, keying in on him like that. Really surprised the Colts pulled this one out, but I doubt Patrick Mahomes loses any more like this this season, if any. I mean, he's just easily a top three, top five quarterback in the league. And, you know – Matt Ryan, I, I hate to say that he struggled. I mean, he played fine, 200 yards passing. He did have two scores, but I think the average was somewhere around like five or six yards per throw, which obviously is not what you want. Michael Pittman did come back for this game. Uh, you and I, I know didn't really watch a whole lot of this one, kind of kept up on the box score, but you know he did come back and lead the team in receptions. Um, maybe that'll help kick this offense into gear, and maybe that's a big reason why the Colts – pulled this one out but one thing that i think is important for the chiefs going forward patrick mahomes is going to do his thing and juju had a pretty nice game to compliment travis kelsey because they need that wide receiver one to take more of the weight off his shoulders but the running game is non-existent now you know there have been questions about edwards lair and his ability to be that bell cow back for the chiefs and he just hasn't proven that he can do it so i think the chiefs have really got to figure that out because if they can key in on kelsey and if Juju just does step up to become that number one guy out wide besides Kelsey, I think that could really slow down this offense and key games with the defenses they will have to play later in their schedule. You know, the Chargers aren't going to be as formidable as they were before, but they are going to probably have to play the Bills at some point. 
to, to get a really important win, whether that be in the playoffs or the championship game, whatever. The Dolphins are improved. The Ravens have a good defense, regardless of what the Dolphins did. I mean, there's going to be good teams that have to play. And then, obviously, if they make it to the Super Bowl, the NFC team will more than likely have a more than formidable defense. So that'll be interesting to watch for the Chiefs going forward. I mean, I've never been a big fan of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't know. I get he was on possibly the greatest college football team of all time, but I never understood why he was taken in the first round. I don't think he's a first-round caliber running back. Don't really think he should be, or as of what I've seen so far from him in the league, I don't really think he should be a starter. I've never, I haven't seen anything that's impressed me. So, like you said, they need to get the run game figured out, and I just don't think Clyde Edwards Alaire is really the guy. Their offensive line's decent. I know Trent Smith and Creed Humphrey are kind of leading the way on that, and they need to, and Joe Thune, but. Their tackles probably need to improve a little bit. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Orlando Brown either. I just don't think he's left tackle material. Yeah, and he's just stick to the right side. He's wanting to get paid like one, so they may lose him. I have no idea. But they got to get the run game figured out to complement their pass game that's been deadly since Patrick Mahomes came in the league. And their defense can play a little bit decent. It's, it's another dangerous Kansas City team. And <clears throat> like I mentioned before, the Bills and the Dolphins both. The Dolphins pulled this one out and are undefeated. I'm kind of shocked. I know you and I both kind of are. This Bills defense is the or this Bills uh, team in general. My bad is is the real deal, and to completely just hold them to 19 points. This Dolphins team is starting to look like a different type of animal. You know, Tua has another pretty decent game. Jalen Waddle wasn't as no, I mean. Uh, Tyreek wasn't as effective, excuse me. Jalen Waddle was the go-to guy. This Bills team is going to be really interesting to watch the rest of the season because do they pull the other win out whenever they play the, the Dolphins again? Are the Dolphins for real? Or are people still just trying to figure out this offense because we don't really know what Tua is just yet? It's going to be really interesting to see how this AFC East plays out. And uh, I know you and I are pretty shocked by how this kind of unfolded. Definitely upset by the way this game ended. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're easily, in my opinion, the best team in the league, Super Bowl contenders. And after Tua took that huge hit and looked like he should have been out for the game and took that stumble and should have been in concussion protocol, he came out and won a football game against Josh Allen, which is crazy to me, but when you have playmakers like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it's hard to lose, but I don't think – maybe he takes a step up, but I really don't think two is that good of a quarterback. I guess he's proven me wrong as of right now, but I just don't see it. I was just completely shocked by this game. I thought the Bills were going to come out and run out, run all over them, but maybe they're just riding high off their Ravens game two weeks ago. I have no idea, but honestly really shocked with how this one played out. Sticking in the AFC, I feel like we're going to talk about every AFC West team, minus the Raiders who had their own weird performance, but we'll we'll kind of move past that. Jags win 38-10 over the Chargers. Now, I know the easy thing is to sit here and say injuries, injuries, injuries for the Chargers, and obviously playing with hurt ribs is a ridiculous try, thing to try and fight through. So, you know, kudos to Herbert for pushing through and trying to play. He wasn't as effective as he could have been. You know, Keenan Allen, 
I think he's he was still out for this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I just is this Jags team for real, man? I mean, that's just that's where I'm kind of at now because Trevor Lawrence looked amazing. And Christian Kirk, I finally feel like, is that receiver option that has given him confidence to where he can actually do his thing. James Robinson looks really good. I know ETN's kind of the one that's more involved in the pass game, but he, you know, he had a couple of nice runs. I just, I don't know what to think about this Jags team, man. And I really don't know what to think about this Chargers team now. Rashawn Slater goes down. Joey Bosa's hurt. Justin Herbert's still hurt. Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. I don't really know if we'll ever get primetime Keenan Allen again. When he finally comes back, I mean, he's still a good wide receiver in this league, but I feel like Mike Williams has taken over that position as the number one option. What's your thoughts on these two? I think, like you said, it's easy to blame it on the injuries, but I do think it's a big part of it. If this team's at full strength, like we saw against the Chiefs. They're a really good football team. But also, I mean, the Jags made a whole lot of offseason moves with uh, drafting, trading, signing. So completely new look Jags team. And also don't think we got to see really the full potential of them last year because all the Urban Meyer stuff, which – Terrible coach. So glad he's out of the league. I'm going to say it's hard to kind of play through that when there's so much turmoil around your organization. But, I mean, there's really nothing else to say, but Trevor Lawrence finally has people around him. If the defense play, if can, the defense can play good, he's going to make the moves to win. He's done it at every level. So, I, I, he's one of the greatest high school quarterbacks ever. Did it in college. Never won a Heisman, which you can say what you want about that. But, I mean, won a national championship as a freshman. Number one overall draft pick. I mean, he can do it. But the injuries really have sucked for the Chargers. They lose their – Maybe best defensive player. Maybe you could say it's Durbin James. Either or can go hand in hand. But the big thing for me is Austin Eckler hasn't hasn't really done anything. I mean, I don't think he's got in the end zone yet. I mean, of course, he's going to catch passes out of the backfield. But he just hasn't really put up huge numbers like we're kind of used to. We're used to seeing him get in the end zone two to three times a game with 70 yards in the passing game, maybe 80 yards or 100 yards in the run game, and he just hasn't been that this year. I don't know if it's their offensive line. I don't know if he's having a bad year or Justin Herbert's just trying to push it down the field more. I have no idea, like you said, with the Mike Williams thing, but he just hasn't been really heard of a lot, and I think that's honestly kind of a problem. I think you need to get a guy like Austin Eckler involved, and if you're not going to use him, do something with him because, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. He deserves to be on the field and he deserves to be used. I was double-checking, and, and Austin Eckler, in fact, does not have any touchdowns. He's only averaged in two and a half a carry, and I know that he bolts up a little bit this offseason to try and be more of that bell cow back. So this Chargers team is going to be really interesting to watch going forward. Losing Rashawn Slater, I can't understate how huge that is. He's been one of the best offensive linemen in the league since he stepped in. And, uh, yeah, having him gone is is really going to hurt the production of this offense. And then lastly, give me your opinions on 
Broncos 49ers, because I know you and I both kind of eye-rolled once we saw the results of this. At the end of the day, I think it just comes down. I know they won this game, but it just comes down to Russ just has not been the guy that he was in Seattle. I don't know what it is. Yeah, he's older now, but, I mean, he still played decent with with the Seahawks. He has better weapons, has a better team. And he's just not getting it done. Yeah, they got the win, but they won by like one point. That's just not scoring eleven total points. Yeah, that's just not Russ fashion. I really don't know what it is. I, the Forty Nineers defense is good, but Russ has put up points against really good defenses. Like I don't remember what the score was in that Super Bowl, but I mean that was a great defense and against the Patriots. And I mean he puts up good number. He put up good numbers against defenses throughout his time in the league and their best defensive player is Nick Bosa or Fred Warner. I, I don't I don't see what his struggles are. Maybe he just got that contract and was like, okay, I'm done. Like two hundred and thirty five mil. Great. I just don't know what the struggles have been, especially with two good running backs that can both catch out of the backfield and get it done on the ground. I feel like it should just open up your playbook to do whatever you want, and he just hasn't yet. I don't – and the 49ers throw Jimmy G out on the field, who is a wash quarterback. I know he played decent when Trey Lance went down, but I just – I don't know why Russ has been struggling so much this year. I think it's weird too, man, because it's like he plays scared. Have you? I don't know if you've seen like a bunch of the plays, but I was sitting there watching that night game, and I'm sitting here like, there's got to be some kind of throw that he can make because he's he's been one of the guys that he'll test it, he'll push it. He's not he hasn't been afraid to do it before, and he sits in the pocket now. It's like he's afraid to run, and I will say the Broncos offensive line has not played to the level that I expected. Garrett Bowles has kind of you know regressed. From where he looked, we have one good year after being what, pick number one overall or something. Oh, he's—I mean, he's a first-round pick, but he, he, in my opinion, he had that really good year, and then he kind of played steady there for a little while. But now he's kind of regressed back to what he was first doing when he stepped in the league, which was kind of subpar, not doing all that great. I kind of equate him to how Caleb McGarry has played at the Falcons. You know, McGarry has started to improve a little bit, but. I think the Falcons would upgrade him if they could. Dalton Reisner is obviously their best offensive lineman right now. Lloyd Cushenberry is a fine center. Uh, you know, I I don't I think he's top half of the league. I don't think he's bottom half. Um, and then Graham Glasgow at right guard, he's nothing special. And then Cameron Fleming is Cameron Fleming. He's not starting caliber offensive lineman, and I think he's just kind of over there because he has to be. It just, it's kind of tough to see this happen to this Broncos team because with guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and even Okawebenom, like the big Alberto, you have plenty of weapons for this offense to be effective. And Russ has played behind worse offensive lines and looked way better than this. I don't know if he doesn't trust the coach. I don't know if he doesn't trust the scheme, if he doesn't trust himself, if he's uncomfortable in a new place. I'm not really sure what the deal is, but he needs to figure it out because this Broncos team is way better than that. 
Yeah, I really don't understand it at all. Like you said, with the teams that he's had in the past few years with the Seahawks, they've been atrocious. Really, it's – or their offensive lines anyway. I mean, maybe it's just taking him away from Tyler Lockett, who he's had at Seattle from for forever. Him and DK had a really strong connection. I don't know if he's just not that close with the Denver Broncos wide receivers yet. I honestly really couldn't tell you, but his season struggles so far have really shocked me. I mean, I hope he gets it put together because, I mean, I'm a fan of Russ. I think he's a good dude and a good quarterback, but as of right now, it's not looking good for him, honestly. All right. Uh, to kind of close out, we'll give our big dogs of the week. Mine's got to be Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, excuse me. Dude went off against the Commanders, made him look like children out there. Had like 170 yards receiving and and a touchdown. Just looked like he did whenever he won the Heisman at Alabama. By far my big dog of the week. He looked awesome. For my big dog of the week, it's really tough. I said I wanted to go Lamar, but I also said I want to go Mark Andrews, but I think I just have to go with Lamar because more of the storyline. I think people expected it more out of Mark Andrews to go off this year, but he's in his contract year. He's, I think, made it public that he feels like he's been disrespected by the Ravens organization by already not getting a contract extension or a new contract worth top quarterback money. And he's come out and he's played like he's mad at the world. I mean, he's been going off every single week. He's been shredding defenses. He's been taking his team to W's and are trying to carry that team on his back, and he has been. And they pulled out the win this week. And if he keeps playing like this, I don't see how you don't contend him for another MVP. Because, I mean, he's been playing insane this year. All right, moving on to the previews. I think we got some interesting ones here to talk about. Um, I mean, in my opinion, this is probably the best best week of the primetime games we've seen with the Thursday night game, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. I'm really excited to see all these. So let's just dive right in starting with the Thursday night game dolphins at Bengals. Cincinnati is actually favored by four in this game. Cannot for the life of me understand why with the way that we've seen the dolphins play. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Tua. I don't think he's going to sit out this game from what I can tell. Dolphins have said it's a back thing. He wasn't, you know, he was evaluated, ruled out as a concussion. He didn't have one. I think with just the way the Dolphins are playing right now and the Bengals' defense is playing right now, I just don't see how you think they win this football game. And if you've got to put Eli Apple on Tyreek Hill at any point during this game, hell, if you've got to put Tyreek Hill on Jalen Waddle at any point during this game, you're asking for trouble. Um, even on the road, I know Cincinnati can be a a loud environment now that they're a better team and it is prime time. Just, I got to go dolphins and I got to go dolphins by maybe a score or two. Going to have to back you up here. They've been on a hot streak. I can't believe I'm taking two over Joe Burrow, but he hasn't looked like Joey B this year though. He hasn't looked like that infamous Joe cool that people like to put in and all this other stuff that he has, every single nickname that he has, I can't keep up with them all, but they've been on a hot streak, which I think, honestly, the Bengals were on last year, and I think they just kind of rode that to the playoffs. I don't think they were 
a Super Bowl team last year. I think they just got hot at the right time. And I think we're seeing that this year they're obviously not what people thought they were going to be this year. And I'm not really surprised. Like, I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow. Love Jamar Chase. Love T. Higgins. Love Tyler Boyd. Like, I mean, all good players. But I don't think they were worth a Super Bowl or acted like a Super Bowl team. I just didn't think they had the talent. And I think, like I said, I think we're seeing that this year. And like you said, they've been playing so terrible since the beginning of the season. I don't see how they're favored in this, but I'm easily going to have to take the Dolphins. And I think a big reason why they haven't been playing well is this offensive line is still bad. They make all these signings, Lel Collins, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa. They're still playing like garbage. And you and I both take that to heart because we're previous, you know, offensive linemen ourselves. It's kind of upsetting to see. And it's made Joe Mixon a non-factor. And I think when you take him out, even if you do have that trail of wide receivers, and I think a pretty underrated weapon at tight end and Hayden Hurst, kind of just makes your offense useless. So if the Bengals can get the offensive line figured out, and they, in my opinion, and we haven't really talked about this, I think they're playing out of sync. Like it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of chemistry right now. Maybe that improves. Not really sure, but Bengals have got to get it figured out on offense. But right now that defense cannot compete with this offense, uh, with this Dolphins offense, I should say. And if the Bengals are having to rely on the offense to put up points, to keep up with the Dolphins, I think the Dolphins could actually make this ugly. Yeah. I really wouldn't be surprised. I think I saw a video come out earlier this week of Tyreek Hill saying that he wanted Eli Apple or he wanted to see Eli Apple. And if you make Tyreek mad, you're going to have a situation of what he did to the Bucks last year where he had like 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns in the first half. I mean, it's, when he's on your team, it could get really ugly. He has huge deep play potential, game-wrecking ability. And if you put a guy like Eli Apple on him, it's going to be a long game. Viking Saints in London. Vikings favored by two and a half. Don't know if Jameis Winston will play in this game. He's been listed as good to go. Um, both of these teams are kind of weird. What do you got? I don't really like either of these teams in these matchups because they haven't really played good recently. I'm going to have to go with – I guess I'll just have to go the Vikings – I don't really like that because, I mean, I don't like Jameis Winston as a quarterback all that much, but I have more faith in Kirk Cousins. But Justin Jefferson has been a non-factor since week one. Whoever he's been going against has been locking him up like an iron curtain. I mean, he has not gotten anything done. I don't think he's even had over 50 yards receiving since week one. Whatever people are doing, it's working. And if that continues, there's no chance that – the Vikings win any game this season. I don't think Dalvin Cook has really been all that involved. I haven't really been hearing his name a whole lot. This defense is okay. They still have Kendricks and Smith back there, but they're both getting older. Daniel Hunter, haven't really heard his name a lot. I don't know how well he's playing, but from what I've seen, if they lock up Justin Jefferson, it's like this Vikings offense just stops. And if – the Saints do that with, uh, what's his name, Marshawn Lattimore. If he locks him down, it's going to be an easy game for the Saints, but I'll have to take 
with the hope of Justin Jefferson getting a good one. I'm going to have to take the Vikings. So for those reasons you just mentioned, I'm actually going to have to go against you and go Saints here. I think the Saints are good enough in the front seven to make Dalvin Cook a non-factor. And I also think Marshawn Lattimore is up to the task of slowing down Justin Jefferson. He's done it to Mike Evans. I think he can do it to Jefferson. I'm not saying it's a solid sign thing that is for sure going to happen. Um, but I think it's possible. And the Vikings have been just so hot and cold on offense. And that Eagles defense was able to shut them down. I'm not saying the Saints are as good on defense, but I think they're kind of in that realm of the top half of the league. So I think the Vikings can kind of, it's possible for them to struggle. And I think the Saints offensive line is still pretty good. And I think maybe they can get Alvin Kamara going uh, against this Vikings front. I know they have Daniel Hunter. I know they have Eric Kendricks. But I think the Saints offensive line will be up to the task. And then out at corner, you know, Pat Pete is still there. I think he's a good corner, even in his older age. Harrison Smith is still there. Lewis Seen has been playing pretty decently. I still think the receiver options for New Orleans can get it done, even if Jameis isn't the best guy back there throwing on the football. Um, I think this is super close. Minnesota's favored by a field goal. Um, I'm going to take the Saints in a super, super close game, but if the Vikings pulled it out, wouldn't be shocked. Um, Moving on to Jets at Steelers. Zach Wilson's back for this game. What's your thoughts? Just depends on what happens at the quarterback for the Steelers. I think... Well, honestly, I don't even know if you can say Zach Wilson's uh, improvement at the quarterback position for the Jets, considering how Joe Flacco played for the few weeks that he was there. But if Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback for the Steelers, I don't think that they win this game. If Kenny Pickett is, I think that gives them a whole better shot to win this game. But just overall, I have to still go with the Steelers. I'm hoping that Kenny Pickett somehow gets in the football game. I think Mitchell Trubisky has proven why he has not a starter anywhere else, why he deserves to be a backup, maybe not even in the league anymore. I think his number two overall pick selection or whatever is kind of carrying him in the NFL right now. But from what we saw from Zach Wilson last year, he hasn't played the first few weeks this year. I don't see any reason why to pick the Jets. I would get they played pretty good. Garrett Wilson has played amazingly. This defense still isn't that good. The Steelers' defense is, even though they have lost T.J. Watt. But with hopes of Kenny Pickett getting in a football game, I'll have to go with the Steelers. Uh, I'm with you. I think the Steelers win this game. They're favored by three. But I think it's going to be in that range. I think the home field advantage will play out. And with the defensive advantage, I think the offense for the Jets probably won't be able to go as much as we kind of have seen in the past couple of weeks. Plus, Zach Wilson's got to get adjusted back in a real-time play after hurting his knee. Garrett Wilson's been great. Corey Davis has kind of disappeared. And I think Michael Carter and Brees Hall are awesome weapons at running back. But the Saints front – or Saints, excuse me. Steelers front is still really good, and I think it can kind of take advantage of a weaker Jets offensive line since Mekhi Becton is out. I just – the defense for the Steelers is pretty good on the back end as well, but the corners have been torched a little bit, but your safeties are still pretty pretty good. Terrell Edmonds has been playing better, and then Minka is obviously Minka. So, I mean – 
I think I think you got to rely on the Steelers' defense and advantage at home, regardless of what quarterback plays for the Steelers. But I think the biggest thing for the Steelers, I think the offensive line isn't obviously isn't great, but they've played fine. I think it's a combination of Trubisky and the offensive coordinator just designing weird plays at weird times, calling weird plays at weird times. It's just, and Trubisky can't read the field to save his life. I think the defense and home field advantage gets it, gets the W here, but I, I think, I think you're right. I don't think it's too long before we see, before we see Pickett. Um, moving on to an AFC North rival Browns at Falcons. Cleveland's favored by two. I think, they possibly could win this game outright easy. Um, Falcons look pretty good, but they did only play Seattle. Their loss to the saints and the Rams were both super close games. I just, I'm not really sure how I feel about the Falcons just yet. Cordell Patterson is kind of doing his thing. Drake London looks really good. Kyle Pitts finally got involved. I think the Falcons have the ability to win this game crazy enough. My thing is, is what kind of AJ Terrell are we going to get against Amari Cooper? I think that'll kind of tell us a whole lot of how this game goes. And can the Falcons stop Nick Chubb? Yeah, I, kind of, I have to go with the Browns. I just think Nick Chubb's been on a tear this year. Yeah, you have Jacoby Brissett back there, but he's been throwing to Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper and he's been getting open. And also, I think a big thing is Miles Garrett's coming after the – Marcus Mariota, I get Marcus Mariota can run, but this Falcons offensive line is not good. Their tackles are well. Miles Garrett was in that car accident. I don't know if he's. I, think I don't. He's playing he is going to play. I think so. Okay, all right. But their tackles are not good. Like you said, Cordell's been doing his own thing. Drake London's come on and played spectacular. Finally, happy that Kyle Pitts has got somewhat involved, but. The big thing will be if Denzel Ward can – I won't even say lock up Drake London, but just kind of – Play better. I would say just play better. I don't, I don't think they'll put him on Kyle Pitts. If they do, I feel like it'd be a waste because – I think you'll probably see a guy like John Johnson on Pitts because he's got the size and speed enough to keep up with him. But so I feel like they'd probably double it, maybe. But I think honestly they'll rely on heavily on Nick Chubb this game. So I think he'll just do what he normally does: break arm tackles, do a 50, 40, 50 yard run, do a dink dump pass here. Nick Chubb in the end zone. I think Browns win this game. Moving on to Commanders at Cowboys. Cowboys favored by Phil Goal. Crazy as it is, I think Cooper Rush could start 3-0 and as Dallas is starting quarterback. The Commanders are not a good football team. They finally proved it against the Eagles last week. Man, it it's so crazy to me that the Cowboys are managing to win with such little ability. Let's just be 100% honest. Zeke is not Zeke anymore. Tony Pollard is the best running back in that backfield. I think C.D. Lamb is playing pretty well after kind of struggling to be that number one wide receiver, but it is possible Michael Gallup comes back, so I think that helps as well. Dalton Schultz is a pretty good option at tight end. The offensive line has not been playing the same, but obviously Tyron Smith is not out there. 
and besides Zach Martin, don't really love the rest of it. The defense, Micah Parsons has been playing with his hair on fire, and I just don't think there's anybody on this commander's offensive line that's going to be able to stop him whatsoever. You know, Jahan Dotson played pretty well the first couple of weeks for the commanders. He kind of disappeared last week. I think that's going to be more of the same. But the biggest matchup is going to be Trayvon Diggs versus Scary Terry. And can the Cowboys DBs keep up with these wide receivers? I think the wide receivers for the commanders keep them in the game for a pretty decent bit. But I think we see a 3-0 Cowboys team with Cooper Rush. That's crazy. It sounds like I have to pick the commanders. Like you said, Cooper Rush has been playing out of his mind. And I really couldn't tell you why. (laughs) But I think at some point it's going to end. And he's going to prove why he hasn't been a starter. And why he's been a backup his whole career. And show Dallas fans why they miss Dak. I don't know. Hopefully it's this week. Or not hopefully, but I don't know if it's this week. Maybe next week. I really don't know. But I think the fairy tale has to come to an end sometime. I think it almost did Monday night. Came down to the wire against a that was an ugly win. I would say a bad Giants team. So I think the story's finally kind of coming to an end where Cooper Rush's ability starting to show a little bit. So, like you said, these wide receivers for the Commanders are really good. Curtis Samuel's been playing good this year. Antonio Gibson's been playing somewhat decent this year. I just. Don't know when the Cooper Rush story is going to come to an end. I'm going to rely on it's this week, and maybe Carson Wentz can kind of capitalize on that and get it up. Moving on to Seahawks at Lions. The Lions lose a heartbreaker to Minnesota. I think the Lions were actually the better team in that game. Should have won. Played really impressive. Uh, Very likely that Amon Ra and DeAndre don't play this week. I think DJ Chark might even be hurt. Um, If all three of those... Guys are out. I find it very difficult for this Lions team to be able to pull out the win. The Lions defense has just proven to be a liability again. And even though Geno Smith is back there at quarterback for the Seahawks, DK and Tyler Lockett still have to be guarded. DK had a pretty good game last week. Even though Detroit's favored by four at home, I think the Seahawks can get this get this win. Um, and I think they have enough on defense to kind of slow – the lines down, even if they were a little bit healthier. So give me the Seahawks kind of shockingly in this one. It's a really tough game to call because on one hand, like you said, Geno Smith has been playing pretty good with DK and Tyler Lockett, but the running backs have been non-existent. Me and you feel like are both equally surprised by that. I thought Rashad Penny was going to go off this year. You thought Kenneth Walker was going to go off this year. Neither have really been heard from. And on the other hand, like you said, this Lions offense has been really good, but some of their biggest playmakers are out. I'm going to have to go with the Lions. We've just, we've disagreed a lot in this episode, probably the most that kind we've ever had. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not, not usually how we roll. But Jared Goff's been playing pretty good this year. Is TJ Hawkinson healthy? Hawk should be healthy for this game. So if Hawkinson's out, Hawkinson's out there, I think it gives Jared Goff a little bit of comfortability. I think Josh Reynolds on the lines, he's proven that he has decent playmaking ability, but 
Jamal Williams has been playing really good in DeAndre Swift's absence and with DeAndre Swift in the lineup. I think they can easily rely on him. He's proven that he can be a workhorse back when he gets 20 or 30 touches in Green Bay. And a big thing for me, oh, Hawkinson was out for practice today. And Frank Ragnow is also questionable. And Josh Reynolds is also questionable. So, does well, that change your opinion at all? Definitely. Because Frank Ragnow is probably the best center or the second best center in the league. And if Hawkins is out, that takes their that takes their offense completely so out. Security blanket away. There's only so many times that you can run Jamal Williams. If those players are healthy, I'm taking the lines. And I think you can rely enough on Jeff Okuda to either eliminate DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett because I think he's been playing pretty good this year. But if all those players are out, I have to swing to the Seahawks. Geno Smith's been playing pretty good. DK obviously is an athletic freak. Tyler Lockett, crazy fast. So whoever Jeff Okuda isn't on, I feel like kind of easy targets for the other one. And maybe we can finally see those running backs get started. But they haven't got started yet, and I don't see why we'll see them get anything going this week. But if all the injuries for the lines are true, then I'll have to take the Seahawks on this one. Next, we got Titans at Colts. This one actually really interests me. Derrick Henry was finally able to get going a little bit last week. Obviously, the Colts get a huge win over the Chiefs. I think this is a tale of the same team. The Titans struggled. I can't believe they even lost to the Giants at the beginning of the season, and they were able to handle Derrick Henry the way that they did. Uh, Colts are favored in this one, and I would probably rock with the Colts, especially now that Michael Pittman is back. Besides Kevin Byard and Jeffrey Simmons, nothing on the Titans defense has really impressed me all that much. Um, and I think the Colts defense is starting to kind of catch their stride. Uh, and I think they'll do enough to stop Derrick Henry. And even if Henry gets involved, I just, you know, I'm not impressed enough with what I've seen out of Robert Woods and Traylon Burks this year to think that they're going to do anything over the top against this Colts secondary. So yeah, give me the Colts in this one. We're finally going to have to agree on something <laughs> because like you said, this Tennessee Titans team has been shocking to say the least. And this Colts defense, I think will do enough to stop Derrick Henry because their whole offense runs through Derrick Henry. And if you take him out of the equation, they just stop in their tracks and can't do anything. It's hard to run on this Colts team with DeForest Buckner up there. Who's an absolutely massive human being. Who's like, Six seven or something crazy like that, like three hundred and something pounds. Shaquille Leonard's back there, so I mean they have this, that, and the other. While they can't be run on, and if Michael Pittman's back in the game with Matt Ryan, I think he's comfortable. I think he get, can take the shots down the field. That'll open up Jonathan Taylor, and can run on this Titans team. Yeah, like you said, Jeffrey Simmons is up there. He takes up a lot of space, but. There's really nobody else. Maybe you can have Kevin Byard play, just run around and make a play this game. But other than that, I don't see anyone stopping Jonathan Taylor. So I'll have to take the Colts in this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if they revert back to last week Colts and make it a pretty interesting game. 
Next is Bears at Giants, and both two and one. I think this is super weird. I think this is kind of the record you would have expected for Titans and Colts going into their matchup this week. But here we are with a two and one Bears team and a two and one Giants team. You know, the Giants lose a a really close game to the Cowboys while looking ugly. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. The Bears win a monsoon game against the 49ers, who now have scored less than 14 points again in a match against the Broncos, who have a good defense, mind you. Um, but you can kind of take that with a grain of salt, and then they, you know, they beat the the Texans. But Giants are favored by three at home. I'm really interested to see what happens in this game. Justin Fields has looked kind of rough, to say the least. The two picks last week, may have been three, I think it was two, um, were just kind of weird throws. I think the the Browns, or the Browns, the Bears are proving that you got to have a wide receiver one, a go-to in this league. Equinemia St. Brown cannot be your wide receiver one. And I think Darnell Mooney just still isn't that for the Bears. I mean, you know, maybe he turns into that, but he's going to need time. Uh, I just think of these two teams, even though neither of them all are all that great, I like more of what the Giants provide both on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball. I think this is one game that's going to be super ugly. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens in this game just to see who ends up 3-1 and because that's going to be wild to talk about. Um, but probably won't pay attention to this one too much. I'm going to back you up and take the Giants on this one. Saquon's look really good this year. I think you have to get him involved with how bad the receivers have been playing at the Giants. Kenny Galladay dropped the most easy pass that me and you could have could have caught with our eyes closed probably. Just straight up dropped it on the ground. I don't think Gadarius Tony played in this football game. They're going to need him back with Sterling Shepard getting hurt. But like you said, just have – how it's looked, just purely off head-to-toe roster, eyes looking in. I have to take the Giants on this one. The Bears just haven't been a good football team the past few years. They have Roquan back there who can run sideline to sideline, maybe slow Saquon down. And Jalen Johnson playing corner. That can maybe cover Kadarius Tony if he plays in this game, but – their defense just hasn't been the same since Khalil Mack left. Offense hasn't been running smoothly. Khalil Herbert's really the only positive look out on the offense. So it might just be a matchup of the running backs, and I'll have to take Saquon over Khalil Herbert. So give me the Giants. Back-to-back games here that will probably be the better ones of the day. Kind of weird to – think that this one is going to be one of them jags at eagles eagles favored by seven what do you got i think i pretty easily have to take the eagles i think the jags finally go up against a really good defense who's going to put this o-line to the test because a great secondary who can maybe finally slow down christian kirk but jalen hurts has been playing out of his mind the receivers there have been playing out of their mind like you said about Devonte smith aj brown is still there who is one of the best playmakers in the league. Dallas Goddard's still there. Their O-line's pretty good. But Jalen Hurts has been on a tear this year so far, and he hasn't really showed any signs of slowing down. So I'll have to take the Eagles on this one. The Eagles are going to make the Jags earn it. They're going to play physical. 
They're good at the lines of scrimmage, and they're going to test the Jags. The Jags are a young football team. They're going to face some adversity in this football game. If they can push through, I think that really shows with what the Jags could be here in the next year or two. Um, the Eagles just are so good at m- pretty much every position on their roster. You know, I think DB could obviously be upgraded just a little bit, but Darius Slay is still a really good corner. The linebackers have improved. Uh, the defensive line is obviously really good. I think the offensive line is still really good. And then your wide receivers are ridiculous. Miles Sanders has played pretty decent this year. I just don't think the Jags have enough on defense to kind of compare with this Eagles offense. But I think the Jags could actually kind of test the Eagles on defense. Uh, I think it. I think it's probably about a 7-10 to 10 point win for the Eagles. Um, but I just... I'm still kind of wait and see with the Jags because, you know, they get a win over a Colts team that has now beaten the Chiefs, but they looked super rough the first two weeks. So you can kind of attribute what happened there. So I'm going to take the Eagles, but I think the Jags actually kind of shock people with how well they play in this football game. This next one, I think is, in my opinion, probably the game of the weekend is Bills at Ravens. Buffalo's only favored by three. With what you've been saying about Lamar, I think this could be his game where he proves it, even in a win or a loss. I think you really could prove what you've been saying these past couple of games, or weeks, excuse me. This is going to be, a, in my opinion, best game that we've seen since week one with the, or anticipation anyway. I thought the Bills-Rams game was going to be the best game of the season, but obviously didn't live up to that, but. I think this game could be one of those game of the season type game. As crazy as it sounds, might have to take the Ravens. Like you said, Lamar has got to prove it. And there's no better team to prove it on than the Bills. With, I wouldn't say the Bills look rough, but they just weren't clicking. Maybe that makes them mad and maybe they come out with a vengeance and destroy the Ravens, but last week they didn't look crisp at all. And the Ravens so far have. And him and Mark Andrews, him and Devin DuVernay have been lots out on their connection. And besides last week, Rashad Bateman has also looked really awesome. If their defense can contain Stephon Diggs somewhat, I think it takes a whole lot away from this Bills offense. So, as much as it pains me to say, I have to take the Ravens. I'm actually going to go against you, Shocker, because you and I both have kind of done this uh, so far this episode. Um, I think the Bills are dynamic enough to make this really, really interesting. Stefan Diggs against Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters, either one, I think is going to be a matchup in favor of the Bills. And regardless, whoever Gabe Davis goes up against. Now, if Marlon Humphrey is against Gabe Davis, I think that gives them a better chance, actually because you might be able to play some more zone and then kind of take away some of those routes. Stefan's a little bit used to running. Um, but let Marlon stay on the bigger body and Gabe Davis, because I just don't think Marcus Peters will be able to do that now, now that he's gotten a little older. Um, and just... McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie is the one that really is the, the X factor for me because of his ability to run after the catch. And he's just kind of one of those guys that you just lose. He just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And 
he was the whole reason the Bills were even in that Miami game last week with his touchdown. So I think the Bills end up winning this game. I, I like their defense against the Ravens offense better than I like the Ravens defense against the Bills offense. So did I just repeat myself or did I get that right? I like the Bills defense against the Ravens offense better than the Ravens defense against the Bills offense. If I did say that incorrect, but if the, if the Ravens win, cause this is a tough place to play. Don't get me wrong, but it is a daytime game, which it's so wild that this is not a primetime matchup. But anyway, um, I think the Ravens could obviously win, but I think the bills with what they have on offense, what they've proven, Right now, even though Lamar, I think, has proven that he should win MVP, I think Josh Allen reasserts himself as the top option for MVP in this football game with a huge performance. I think it is close, but I'm taking the Bills, even if it is on the road. Next, we have Chargers at Texans. I'm going to go buck wild, man. I'm going to say that the Texans win this football game. I don't know why. But okay. if you lose, you get you get bullied around by the Jags, regardless of how good the Jags are. This is the NFL. We don't see blowouts most of the time like we do in college. Like, this, this is different. Herbert is still kind of recovering from the rib thing. I don't really know what the status is with Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler has not been the same player. And even though the Texans lost last week to the Bears, which isn't great, they've been competitive in every game they've played. You know, if Bosa's out, if J.C. Jackson's out, you're relying on Asante Samuel to cover Brandon Cooks, who's going to run right by him. I think Samuel's fast, but that kind of leaves Derwin James trying to focus on Nico Collins and the tight ends. And maybe the Texans win a weird one. I, I don't know. I just, the chargers are a super weird team right now. After that blowout loss to the Jags, I don't really know what to think. I'm, I am joking. I'm not going to take the Texans, but if the Texans ugly this one up and pull out the win, then sure. I mean, it's the NFL crazy stuff happens. I think the Chargers are just more talented right now and they do win this football game. And I hope Herbert is healthier and able to perform better. And I think that ultimately is what makes the Chargers win this game. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this one. I don't <laughs> think there's any chance that the Texans win this football game. If you really want to make Brandon Cooks a non-factor, doubling with Derwin James over the top, he won't do anything. Derek Stingley can maybe stop Mike Williams, but... Jared uh, Everett has played pretty good this year. Just give Justin Herbert another week to get healthy. I don't think this game's anything really to worry about, given the Chargers. Next, we got Cardinals at Panthers. I'm going Cardinals. Weird weekend last week with a pretty tough loss to the Rams. I've seen a lot of people ragging that. Kyler Murray played bad because of the Call of Duty release. That's been a huge thing in this offseason. If you haven't heard the Call of Duty thing linked to Kyler Murray, please go look it up online. It's absolutely hysterical in my opinion. I just think the Panthers are still trying to figure it out right now. They're favored in this game, which kind of shocks me. But I think the Cardinals win this football game. 
I think they're still a good team on offense. I think the Panthers are they're decent on defense. They have nice pieces, but the offense is just in a weird spot right now. DJ Moore was completely taken out of the game last week. He was a non-factor. Yeah, Robbie Anderson's a nice deep threat, but you don't have Curtis Samuel anymore, who I think is a better player. Christian McCaffrey has not been the same, and the offensive line is still kind of weird. And I think, you know, we don't have Chandler Jones in Arizona anymore, but I think the Cardinals can kind of take advantage of that. I think the Cardinals overall are still just more a more talented football team and how out of sync Baker has looked makes me think that the Cardinals get the dub in this one, but I do think it's going to be super close. Like you could tune in to the fourth quarter and the Panthers are trying to drive down the field and either tire win the football game and it just falls out of their hands and Cardinals win like 24, 23, something crazy like that. Definitely just going to kind of reiterate what you said as much as it pains me to take the Cardinals in this one. Cause I've made my opinion known that I'm not a big fan of Kyler Murray. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. But like you said, as of right now, I think they are the better team. Baker Mayfield has not looked like what I thought he was going to look like. DJ Moore hasn't done anything. And your refusal to get Christian McCaffrey involved, your offense is done if you don't run it through Christian McCaffrey, who's easily the best running back in the league, as we've seen him be. If you get him involved and they just haven't yet, their defense is okay. But it's really shocked me that they've just refused to use Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if they're just trying to slowly get him back in the swing of things because he's been hurt so much. Maybe they're just trying to see if he can make it the whole season. I really have no idea. I thought the deep connection with DJ Moore would be a whole lot better, and it just hasn't been. So, sadly, I'm going to have to take the Cardinals in this one just because I think, like you said, they're a, better fo- they're a better football team right now, and Kyler Murray can run with his legs and can be pretty dangerous. So, give me the Cardinals. And just to kind of reiterate something you said, McCaffrey is sitting at about five yards of carry. He only has one touchdown, though. No touchdowns through the air, only about 50 yards receiving. So, like you said – you know, not really, his money. not really the same weapon that we've seen him be. Maybe he's still kind of weird after that injury from last year. But if we're still going to get this Christian McCaffrey, I just don't see how the Cardinals don't pull out this football game. Uh, moving on to Patriots at Packers. Your boy, Mac Jones is out for this game with a high ankle sprain. He'll probably be out for a little while. Brian Hoyer, I think is going to get the start. Um, we really don't have to spend too long on this. Packers are favored by 10. I know the Packers wide receiver options aren't great. And, you know, the Patriots secondary always finds a good way to play well and play winning football for the most part. Um, but I just think Packers at home, the one of the top three quarterbacks in the league right now, and Aaron Rodgers, the, I think the Packers defenses are going to they, – they can do enough to win this football game. And, and keep it kind of spaced out. Even with a good performance from Devontae Parker last week, the loss of Mac Jones really changes this game for me. Not that I ever expected the Patriots to win, but they could have made it interesting. I mean, they did against the Ravens. I think the Packers win, and I think it's pretty convincingly. Yeah, just backing up what you said. After the win against the Bucks, the, pa- or the Packers really kind of shocked me. I didn't think that they'd win that football game. They've proven that they can 
win those kind of tough games. Not a big fan of Mac Jones either, but he's definitely better than Brian Hoyer. And I just don't think the Patriots have that staple good defense like they normally have. They have a few pieces, like you said, but I just don't think they have those huge name players like they normally do. Their offense has looked okay, but like you said, taking Mac Jones out of that. Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson had played have played pretty good, but you just can't bet on Aaron, or you can't bet against Aaron Rodgers in this football game. Broncos at Raiders. Do the Raiders get their first win of the season? I think they have to, or else you start looking at Derek Carr going. Do you really need to start with Devontae Adams as your starting wide receiver? Because obviously you can't get it done. Because all we heard all offseason was y'all are about to see this connection go crazy. The college teammates back together, blah, blah, blah. And they're 0 3 with Darren Waller and Hunter Infro. I know haven't looked the same as they have, but they're still good players in this league, and you're still 0-3. So if they don't pull this game out, I think you start to question if Derek Carr can really be that guy. So to kind of put in perspective what you're kind of saying, wildly enough, Mac, Mac Hollins is the leading receiver on this team, but just to prove your point, Devontae Adams – has 34 targets, and the next closest person is Darren Waller at 19. That's ridiculous. I know Adams is probably the number one wide receiver in this league. If you don't think it's Stephon Diggs, or if you you know if you think D Hop is past his prime, Devontae Adams is an excellent talent. Do not get me wrong; he's an excellent route runner. He has great hands, and I think the chemistry thing with Carr can really pay dividends. But trying to push the narrative too much to where he has that many targets over the rest of the team is beyond me. It doesn't make any sense. It makes the chemistry of the offense super weird. And this is with Josh Jacobs playing pretty well. He's averaging about four and a half a carry, which is pretty good in the NFL. But he's not really getting involved in the passing game. And he is that kind of guy that can get involved. If you get him more involved in the passing game, you're able to get Waller more involved. That opens up Hunter Renfro. That opens up Matt Collins to kind of be that wide receiver three, which he should be. Hunter Renfro should not be wide receiver three. He should be wide receiver two. I mean, I guess he'd be three if you want to put Waller ahead of him, but it's just so strange to me how this offense is working. I honestly thought it was going to be just a well-oiled machine. The offensive line has played pretty decent. Carr is just... I don't even know what it's. It's so weird to me how Carr is playing right now. Just he seems like he doesn't know what's going on. He has six touchdown passes, but he has four interceptions. It's just he's pushing the ball to uh, to Devonte Adams too much, and he's he's got to quit because this Raiders team should not be zero and three. It's it's just baffling to me that this is where they are. They should have beat the Titans last week. They should have beat the Cardinals, and they should be 2-1 and one, looking pretty and with this win sitting atop the AFC West. So I'm with you. I think the Raiders finally get the win because the Broncos have looked so ugly, and they are playing at home. I just, if they lose this game, I'm with you. Derek Carr, something's got to give because it's not Devontae Adams, I can tell you that. Moving on to the primetime Sunday night football game. Got a really good one. Chiefs at Bucks. 
Kansas City is only favored by one. I know they lost to the Colts, but this Buccaneers offense is not the same. Maybe you get Chris Godwin back this week. Not really sure about that. Mike Evans does come back, and I think that helps a lot. But the Chiefs defense has actually played pretty well for the most part this year. And even though the Bucks defense is really, really good, I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop them enough. But the DBs have played pretty well for the Buccaneers. This one's pretty tough, but I'm going to take KC in the end. The Buccaneers just look out of sync, and with the way that this Buccaneers offensive line is playing, I think that's prime for Karloftis, Chris Jones, and these linebackers to kind of eat all day. And I think it makes it life really hard on the Bucs. And I just think Patrick Mahomes is good enough to, to kind of play that defense well enough to where he gets points on the board. I think this is a ridiculously close game and uh, another one where I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks win, but give me the Chiefs in a top one. After they lost to Green Bay last week, maybe there's a whole lot of confidence, which was already kind of shaky with the Bucks. Like you said, their defense is really good, but this offense has been I, this, that, and the other. I, I just Leonard Fournette has not gotten involved, who has proven that he can in the Bucks, who's had a resurgence in his career. Tom Brady just hasn't looked like Tom Brady. I get he's 45, but I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if it's just the offseason drama or what, but he just hasn't looked the same. And they lose to that not good of a Packers team. I don't have, Like you said, this defense is really good, but it's also Patrick Mahomes. I don't really have any reason to say the Bucks over the Chiefs. Like you said, it could be a close one because it's hard to bet on Tom Brady, but with what the state of their offense looks like now, I can't not take the Chiefs. If they can somehow get their wide receivers going to back up Travis Kelsey, I don't even think this is a game. I think the Kansas City Chiefs can get this one going pretty easily. Last one, Monday Night Football, Rams at 49ers. 49ers favored by two points for some reason. What do you got? The Rams are, are the 49ers are favored. <laughs> I'm just as confused as you do. That's idiotic, but anyway. I'm going to have to take the Rams easily in this one. Aaron Donald's been great this year. Jalen Ramsey somewhat struggled, but it's Jalen Ramsey. I think he's the best corner in the league. He'll get it figured out. But Cooper Cup. Again, he's proven he's that guy, one of the best receivers in the league. If they can get Allen Robinson going, which I think they should have a long time ago. I don't know if the connection is not there with Matthew Stafford yet. But if they get those two guys going, and if Cam Akers can play up to his ability, this game won't even be close. Nick Bosa's coming after him and Fred Warner. But nobody can guard Cooper Cup. I think he's proven that. The only person I think that can card him is on his own team. So, they'll get Cooper Cup going. I think it'll just open up this offense for a Rams win. So, the running game for the 49ers, struggling. The pass game, struggling with Jimmy G. Trent Williams has a high ankle sprain. He's out. Eric Armstead might not play. He's questionable. And even though the Rams secondary is also kind of beat up, I'll – 
try and work on digging up who exactly is out for them in this game. So not playing really all that well. It's Jordan Fuller and David Long are both out with their center Brian Allen questionable. I I mean I don't really think that's as big of a deal, but I just I don't see how the forty niners have any chance. You know, Traverius Ward has played pretty well for the 49ers. I think he's that man-to-man corner they've needed. And then Emmanuel Mosley has been shockingly pretty good ever since he's been drafted. Uh, And then that uh, Hufunga kid that's at safety for the 49ers has also played pretty well. But I just don't think the 49ers have enough juice right now. Fred Warner's great. He's really great. And I think he completely takes Cam Akers out of this game maybe even by himself. I think the 49ers front seven will do enough to kind of shut down the running game. But if Matt Safford can play even a decent enough game, Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup should have a field day in this one. And Higby even. And maybe you get uh Cam Akers involved in the pass game. I'm not I'm not sure, but I just I really don't see how the Rams lose this one whatsoever. It should be pretty easy. Don't see how the 49ers are favored. Give me the Rams all day. But that will conclude our week four preview. It's crazy to think we're already on week four of the NFL season. We will be working into week five of the college football season. Look out for that episode. We'll be working on that one tomorrow. It should be up on Friday. Um, Again, we really appreciate everybody listening. This will be our format going forward. Might be a little bit longer than normal, but I think it chunks it up really well for everyone. Remember to listen to the show. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, reach out to us at Read the Roster on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Read the Roster. Interact with us during the games. We're going to be watching them all day. We want to hear everybody's opinions. We want to share our thoughts with you during the games as they happen. And it gives us stuff to talk about whenever we do come on here, if we do interact with people. So please let us know your thoughts. We're always looking to talk to more people about football. Obviously, we started on our own podcast, so that's one of our favorite things to do. So please, please share the show as well and review. It helps us out a whole lot, helps us reach more people because we're trying to build a huge community out of this thing. Uh, Again, just crazy to think we're at week four. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it over and over again. Been a long time waiting for college football, NFL football. It's been new for me. Finally able to try this kind of new format out. And y'all are kind of just along with along for the ride. I mean, like I said, we started this thing a few weeks ago. I mean, well, I guess we started a few months ago, but did a few demo episodes, try to get it going, just trying to work out the kinks. And it's just really a learning curve making adjustments four weeks into this thing. Still trying to figure out the best way for us to do it and for y'all at the same time. And uh, and like you said, I mean, just trying to make a community out of this thing. We're growing with the same thing like the podcast is. We're trying to grow doing this thing, trying to be better at it for y'all, be better at it for us, expand it. Just... Find a better way to do it overall, like better experience for y'all and just see what we can do with it. We are open to suggestions of anything that, you know, anyone may think will help us with our episodes. 
Reed has mentioned it a couple of times. And even though we haven't really talked about it between ourselves, I, I know we both want to eventually do some form of YouTube. We are continuing to work on that behind the scenes to see if we can kind of work out the logistics on that. Cause I think it would just being even more of a better experience to this podcast. Like I said, we love everything football and I think seeing us kind of interact with each other would also kind of a little bit of a fun element to this. And we eventually plan on having some people in our life on the show as well. They've been asking us to be on it and I know we all have opinions and I know they are looking forward to share them as well. So just pay attention uh, to our Twitter page and on Facebook, listen all the way through the episodes. That way you don't miss anything important, but this will be our format going forward. And I think it worked out pretty well. We're probably sitting at about right over an hour. Uh, and I think that is a lot better than four one hour episodes as opposed to just two. So hopefully this is less daunting for everybody. Hopefully everybody's able to kind of keep up with the episodes a little bit better. Again, we appreciate everyone for listening. Talk to you soon.